How you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a good day. Very good day. Which day? Sunday. Uh, I guess it's technically Monday <laughs> <laughs> for me. Almost Monday for you. Yeah, it's it's headed that way yeah. quick. Well, you know, days, you know, they come, they go, they blend, they, yeah. All the good things. This is episode 10, I think. Yeah, remember, I don't count them anymore. Yeah, so. well, I'm, I'm going to have to start double checking to make sure. So that's that's on you. All right, well, yeah, episode 10. Well, let's roll the intro and get into it. Sounds good. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. And we're back. We're back. That was a good intro. So that amazing. was a great intro. Better than the last one, for sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we get before we get into this, this this one's going to be rough, okay? All right. Because you you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay, I got you. But have you ever? No. Pulled up. <laughs> pulled up to the starting grid, getting ready to race. And had your Dionysi airbag go off for no apparent reason. But you're starting from the front. What do you do in that situation? Um, uh, I don't know. Just so you're, live, sit, live so you're sitting it. out on the track and you used to be, you know, 150 pounds. And now you look like you're 205 and completely ripped. Yeah. And the light's getting ready to come on. You uh, see? Yeah. I pull your knife out of your pocket and... So this happened today in the bagger race. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, Bobby Fong, who coincidentally works for Dionysi. Works for, like, is sponsored by or literally works? Works for. So I don't know the exact details, but he used to be a Suzuki racer Mm -hmm. in Moto America three years ago. He had kind of a falling out with the Suzuki guys, and uh, he's a real talented rider, so... There's a whole you can you can go down a rabbit hole looking into why he couldn't catch another ride because arguably he's plenty talented enough to be racing in Medallia Superbike. Right. But there was there was some bad mud thrown and things like that at the time. Okay. And he ended up working for Dianese. So when the Moto America races go, you can find Bobby Fong sell, slinging suits in the Dianese booth. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. But he is talented and they've wanted to field another bagger. Mm-hmm. And so he asks, he's dying easy. I understand has been nice enough to let him go and race a bike. He hasn't been racing the full schedule, but whenever he can, he gets on one of them Indian baggers and races in that class. Mm-hmm. And he was super excited to race road America race one. He had some problems and he, he got the pole, but race one, he wasn't able to start. Okay. He, he was out of that, but race two, he pulled to the line mm-hmm. and literally, man, he pulls up, he's getting ready to get in the box and the announcers start going, what is, what is, what is going on with Bobby Fong? And he pulls up and he's just like super muscly, like <laughs> just totally ripped sitting up, up on top of that Indian. And he grabbed his shoulders and he was like trying to push the air out of it as the guy's walking off with the red flag. Oh my goodness. He ended up taking off. He was still poofy when he took off. So he just raced it. 
He raised it. All right. All right. So I would have to do research on this, but does Denise make their airbags or do they buy them from like Denise, Alpen Stars, all the guys with airbags? Do they make them or is there like one airbag supplier? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think mark that. We'll look that up. I'm curious about it. I think, yeah, mark that. Cool. But I thought I thought that would be a good way to go to correction corner. I like it. Correction start line. But yeah. <laughs> correction start line. Well, that's the best analogy I could come yeah. up with today. Well, maybe your first corner, you know, you're finally getting all the air out. <laughs> so. Well, I need to get all the air out because I I tricked you into a mistake last week. I don't remember. Sorry. I, I thought of it as soon as we got done recording, I went. What the, you know, we got to quit recording these in one o'clock in the a.m. Okay, last week was not that time. Shh, give me a break. And it's one o'clock for me. Not I need an excuse. You. I can't always go back to the dementia well. <laughs> I was the one in the so, dementia well. You said I was the older one anyway. Well, that's true. It you're depends you're on too week. young. You've got so much on your mind, you know. That's true. Yeah. I got a whole life ahead of me. Yeah. So last week, I... I set you up, not intentionally, but I did set you up. So we were talking about the BMW team and their sponsorship mm-hmm. being the same as the Ducati team in MotoGP. Yeah. 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 I, the names are so close. So Ducati is sponsored by Lenovo. Right. Laptop company. Computers. Which is a laptop company. Yep. BMW and World Superbike is sponsored by Ben Benovo. Or Bonovo. Bonovo. B O N O V O. What is Bonovo? I'm going to look it up. I'm not even sure. So they're not doing a very good job. But as near as I can see, they're making uh, eco friendly upholstery surfaces for automobiles. They are a German company, which would make sense that they would partner with the BMW boys. Bonovo, did you say? B O N O V O. Okay, so if you Google what is Bonovo, it says, are you looking for what is Bonobo? And then it says primate. It says what? It's a primate. A Bonobo is a monkey. It's a V-O, not B-O. Oh, I typed in V-O, I promise. But Google said, (laughs) no, 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 no. You're looking for a monkey. (laughs) Well, I had to dig through about 75 different chiropractor sites to find the eco-friendly upholstery. So, Yeah, well, there it is. It says Bonovo. This is like the... I just think this is so funny. The first like 10 hits are, are you sure you're not looking for a monkey? And then finally, (laughs) finally it has Bonovo BMW Group. Bonovo Action BMW Racing Team to line up with Eugene, blah, 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 and talk about Superbike World Championship. So you got to scroll through all of the monkeys, and then you finally figure out what Bonovo is. That's well, funny. Perfect. Well, that's my correction from last week. I was I was mistaken. I realized immediately after getting off, I was like, I, I'm not sure that's correct. <laughs> right. It doesn't sound right. Yeah. But that's all right. I like that. Correction, start line, slash corner. Good. Very good. Well, whatever we, we probably should have said this in the intro, but whatever, you guys know what we talk about. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about some World Superbikes, some Moto America, and it's become a game to me to see how long we can put off talking about Moto America. Should I do that again, or? I think we should just get right into it. Get right into it. Yeah. Unless you want to. I mean, we can, I'm, I'm down for games. <laughs> 
I could talk about my uh, my tire changer and my experience with that. Hit it. All right. So I think we mentioned it last week. Picked up the Ravaconda. I haven't made the... So we filmed the video that'll be out before this episode comes out. So go check it out. I kept saying sport bike tire changer. It's a street bike tire changer, which is real funny because at the end of the video, I was like, I don't know what all you can change with this. And then I like went back and looked and I was like, oh, many street bike tires. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, You should go buy one. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so. I mean, you're you're not sponsored. You didn't get that thing for free. No, absolutely not. No. Well, I, I just want to point out that there may be, there may be a video, like an answer to your video after it gets posted. It may already be on your computer right there. Oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, I, I would, I would dare bet, you know, teaser. You can, you can take a look at it after. Mm-hmm. There is a video on your computer right now of me changing a tire in half the time with forks and, you know, on my knees. Okay. So let's talk about that for a bit. (laughs) You have the same tire irons I have, correct? Motion Pro with a bead breaker technology or whatever they call it. Why did you buy those and start changing your own tires? I've always changed my own tires. On every bike? Yeah. I mean, a couple of times I've been lazy and ran the Harley hog down to the shop, said throw a new one on it, but okay. Generally, I've always changed them, um, and I do. I did have plenty of tools for it. I just liked yours when I seen them, yeah. so I got okay. So I got an additional set. They were nicer than what I was using. So, because I picked them up because once I started going to the track, I was like, "Man, I'm going to be changing tires more often. I don't want to pay for them." It was purely money based, right? You pay what, probably sixty bucks for a shop. 40 bucks if you're at the track, I think. Yeah. Rough Depends estimate, on where you but, go, but yeah. But that's an about. And I was like, well, I could pick up a pair of tire irons for, let's say, 50 to 100, and then move on with life and just change my own tires, which I'm I'm not a heavy guy, and you've told me that, you know, that puts me at a disadvantage for that. But uh, it wasn't bad. It's never been, like, terrible. I enjoy doing it because it means I'm getting fresh tires and that's like enough to even out the the process right but it definitely takes me some time and I've wrestled a few tires in my day so if you're looking purely to save money nah don't buy it for depending on how many you change right if you don't change any of your own tires and you're looking to save money it'll take you I mean, it's it's $600, so 10 tire changes. And if you're on a street bike and you're not going to the track and changing out, you know, a set a year or more, then it's going to take you a while to pay back and it might not be worth it. But if you're changing slicks out every week, every other week, whatever it might be, because you're racing or you're doing a ton of track days or whatever, dude, I just enjoyed not kneeling on the ground. That was like the biggest thing. You're standing up the whole time. Even if it takes me longer, you're... You're comfortable, you know. I, I'm, I'm not taking a hit at the at the machine. I just thought it was funny because you have your new toy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had to I had to go put new new shoes on the brick. Yeah. And so, speaking we're, of, we're thousands of miles apart, so I couldn't use the Rabaconda. Yeah, I had to do it the old school way. Yeah. 
Well, and so what tires were on the on that Ducati before? Pirelli Angel GTs. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right because that's the same that was on the Super Sport you had. Yeah, we were talking about that. Uh, oh yeah, just so in case this is your first episode, the Brick, aka 2012 Ducati 848 Evo. It's gonna surprise us. It's gonna be the best bike in the stable. It's gonna after be a, calling it the Brick. <laughs> it's gonna be a really agile Brick. <laughs> Smooth brick. Yeah. Um, she looks nice with the new shoes on. With the Q5s? Yeah. I was looking at that picture you sent when you had the exhaust off. Was that required did you, or did you just take that off? No, not for the tires. Okay. Oh, my right. gosh. I need to take the license plate. It's it's just a Ducati thing. There's a reason. There's a reason Ducatis are as beautiful as they are. Mm-hmm. Everything gets really thought out. Like, every time I've worked on one... Everything's thought out in the way it's not accessible. Accessibility is an afterthought, but hiding the hardware, Mm -hmm. having hardware, you know, comparing it to a Jixxer, not to take a hit on a Jixxer, but if they got like a 916 bolt holding something on and you can see the hex head sticking out, they don't care. It's just like good enough. That's where it is. Yeah. And the Ducati, they go in and they say, this needs to be shaped like a lady and we can't have bolts. He did just say nine sixteenths. Well, yeah. So a ten millimeter bolt sticking out. Yeah, sure. That's not close to a nine sixteenths. I understand. <laughs> this is. But you gotta. If you're talking metric and you're joking, you gotta bring in the ten millimeter. Yeah, right? no, you're right. Yeah, nine sixteenths for American and ten millimeter for everything else. Yep. Yeah, those are the common boys. So. So what I needed to do is. Said bike is now a track weapon. Ooh, track the, brick weapon. The the brick is a track <laughs> weapon. Hey, you know and... you could you could definitely put some damage with a brick. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there. Like it's not a bad analogy. Brick you mean kind of like the old, you know the the super old like road rage video game or yeah. road rash you the motorcycles know. where you hit each other with bricks. Yeah, you definitely that kind of. Some someday we're gonna educate you on. Well, so that I mean that's a little rough because I just don't have video game background. <sighs> also, so you know, I'm the old one here, so that was way before my or way after my time. So the brick doesn't need a license plate right hanger anymore. Yep, but we've got beautiful dual exhaust coming out the back there, and the license plate. Was an, it's an aftermarket bracket went in between the exhaust so that the plate could hang below it. Okay. And so you could get up and take the two bolts that held it on. Mm-hmm. Metric bolts, mind you. <laughs> you could you could take those off, and then the thing would hang, but you, there was no way to get the electronics off to unplug the wires. Mm, There's just okay. nowhere to find where it plugged in without completely removing the entire tail and the tail won't come off with the exhaust in the way. Mm -hmm. So both mufflers had to get pulled off so that you can get to all the bolts that are all nice and hidden. Yep. Yep. In order to click the tail apart in order to get to the plug so that you could just quickly unplug it and then spend a half hour putting everything back together again. Ducati. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, were they Torx heads? Yes. Um, (laughs) even better well i had there was six of them there was six six allen heads okay and then an additional eight torx heads Jeez. 
torques, any e torques? No, but they were all so the Allen heads were three different sizes. <laughs> oh my two, 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 and they were all different sizes. Right. So, I mean, anyway, I'm, you got to take, you got to take the whole toolbox. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you didn't like say not a hit at Jixers or or Honda or Yamaha or anything because you can take one of those bikes apart with a four millimeter Allen, a six millimeter Allen, and a ten millimeter and an eight millimeter wrench, or a really good crescent wrench. Yeah, and you're done. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in over in Europe, one you got to find the screws. Good luck, because I'll say the same yeah. thing about my you know my BMW car. I want to take the door panel off because I needed to do that to get the mirror off to get anyway. And I'm like, there's not a single screw anywhere on the door panel. And they're like, that's right. You have to know which trim piece to take off to find the screw to take everything else off. So, and then when you do get there, you'll find that there's three where two would be sufficient. Yeah. Well, and the trim piece has, you know, 20 brackets on it and they're all going to break guaranteed absolutely so good old european you know the well i i can't really back that up i haven't done a whole lot with the aprilia but i was just thinking about it i was like there's definitely like screws just sitting out on the plastics not not a lot but sitting out there on the fairings and i was like that's kind of interesting is the aprilia the european jigsaw <laughs> Uh, we already claimed that the S1000 was that, so nice try. Um, it can't be because it's a V4. So I I did get the opportunity to watch uh, John Wick Chapter 4. Is that out? Well, you know, this old fart has his means. Okay. You know, all right. sometimes. Yeah. All right. Enough said. Yep. But Motorcycles? There is, a, there is a scene in that movie that I'm excited for you to see. He he does try to run from the bad guys on an Aprilia at, at some point. Ooh, ooh, try. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> have you ever watched a John Wick movie? Yes. Well, I this am, is the last one. This I am is the a last male, one. I'm a male living in America. <laughs> I have seen the John Wick movies. <laughs> okay, well, well, just imagine the first three mm -hmm. on steroids because. That's what I, they all were. They were already. Well, I know he right. kills. He he kills like no less than three thousand people per movie, right? Yeah, with like a pencil or whatever. Yeah, this is this is much much more. No, pencil was the Joker. What was it? Anyway, sorry. Oh, there's, there may or may not be pencils involved in this. I, I don't all think right. there's many items that he didn't use to kill someone in this show. <laughs> okay, but I think they know it's the last one, so they were just all out. And there is a scene where he's on an Aprilia. He's running away from the bad guys, mm -hmm. shoot, doing everything you can imagine. And I thought this is going to be awesome because it's going to be this big, long scene of motorcycle scene. Right. Right. And another Aprilia shows up to chase him. The same. They're like twin bikes. Right. Are we talking like Tuanos? I, you know, they're, they're black with big white A's on them. Okay. So just get the branding in there, but like naked or full fared? No, they're, they're street bikes. They're uh sport bikes. Okay. I mean, full fared. Yeah. Well, they were, that's hard too though. Cause the Tuano is like for being a naked bike, it's not. That's, that's true. I'd you still see fairings yeah, on that. I would say it's like the least of any, any brand. Yeah. I'd have to look to see what bike it is, but. All right. He's on, he's on it. He starts going and you're like, yeah, it's going to be this cool chase scene with this motorcycle. And 
he's not on it for that long. And then another one shows up on scene with a bad guy on it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is going to be sick. They're going to have one chasing the other one, right? Right. And right, he right. just turns, wheelies it, and launches the bike out from under him at the other one and just blows them both up, and it's over. That was that was it for motorcycles. You've seen the big A's for about 30 seconds. Okay, so did Aprilia, like, <laughs> promise to pay them a certain amount of money and then backed out, and they're like, screw it, we're blowing them up? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh I've always, I don't know. I'm I'm just curious why Ducati quit paying that bill. Well, I'm trying to. Keanu think. Reeves is always on a Ducati in all them movies. Yeah. Well, and th- I mean that's every movie though. I feel like this guy. Well, he was an S1000 and uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. When he's dragging his knee in his pants. Yeah, he never he never touched his knee to the ground. Are you sure? Yes. Yep. He was wearing a suit. No, 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 no. There's a there's a good video on. Uh, on YouTube with Casey Stoner. Yeah, I've seen it. Where he goes through all these movie things and says yep. whether it's realistic or not. Yep. And he's in jeans on that. He's wearing like a flannel and he's got oh, jeans. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a Hawaiian shirt or something because it's like flapping. Yeah, Everyone else is in like, a suit. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, because he doesn't have a helmet on. Yeah, because Casey Stoner said that looks like it would have hurt if he would have touched <laughs> his feet. <laughs> Yeah, but that was a yeah, that was like a second gen S one thousand in there. But I would say between Harley Davidson and and Ducati, you're well that that's hard. Not to make this about motorcycles and movies, but I guess we you know we got time because now every motorcycle is coming up in my head because you got Batman had an MV Augusta in the second Batman, well the second of the current the Christian Bale movies. I don't want to not like a Batman guy. I don't know my movies that well, but that was an Envy Augusta. But then I was tr- thinking of Tron and the new Tron and all them. Those are all Ducatis, but I guess it's like reasonably rounded. So since you brought up the Envy Augusta, mm-hmm. the one I was talking about last mm-hmm. episode, yep, it was a Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso is what it was called. And it was a limited edition. And it is 200 and f- the net power is 240p. P. I don't know what that is. But no, top, top speed, 315 kilometers per hour. It's got to just be horsepower. P. It's a 1078cc. Huh. Four cylinder in line. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, side note. Interesting. I forgot what we were even... We were talking about tires a long time ago. Um, yeah, back back to that. I guess the Rabiconda. I'll just I'll just close it up by saying, you you know you might be just as quick with tire irons. I'll give you that. I might be able to be just as quick. Also, it wasn't like the quickest thing in the world, but just the ease and you know, one time you take your tire iron, you pop that bead over the duck head, and then you just rotate the thing around. And yeah, it's not electric, but man, it was so much nicer than trying to chase the bead around. And if you drop it, you drop it and then it goes back under. And anyway, so. hey, I may or may not be jealous. That's the only reason I'm criticizing. But yeah, you got to come in and defend yourself because you don't have yeah. one yet. Definitely worth uh, worth thinking about considering if you're changing a lot of tires, go watch the video, see what you think. But worth a uh, consideration if you're. 
not changing your own tires yet, I wouldn't jump straight to that. If you got the money, yeah. great, go for it. But you know, you got to get the get the experience. You got to earn it. Yeah, you got to change at least one by hand, so yeah. you can get some busted up knuckles. I got a couple. Yeah, or a nose. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that was my first experience with tire irons on a motorcycle tire. I was there, huh? Yep. Why he... don't you share that story? <laughs> uh, well, I was putting the slicks on the Jixer for the first time, right? Had just finished the track bike conversion, not race bike, but track bike. And I waited until you got there because you brought your balancing stand because I didn't have a balancing stand. I don't even remember if I was breaking the bead or what it was, but I had the tire iron under something somewhere and it popped up and just slammed me right in the nose and nose started bleeding pretty bad out of not like nosebleed, <laughs> but like nosebleed, like out of the top of the nose where it cut and you didn't even notice for, no, I didn't notice. I, 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 I seen the, the tool go flying. I mean, I heard it doing, yeah. and I was laughing. Well, I so like, I oh, felt, gotta go know, do that the nose felt cold, you know, when it, for whatever reason, I was like, what the, what is going on? And I see this drop of blood go down. I was like, Oh, I'll be right back. So I went inside and then I come back out and you had the tire off or on whichever, whichever direction. And I was like, Oh, you know, thanks for finishing that up. Let's, let's get to the other one. And then you looked up and you're like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know? So I was just holding a paper towel on there trying to get it to stop bleeding. Yeah. That was my first experience. What do you know? I kept going. So you got to bust up some knuckles or nose or something before you earn the right to use a machine, you know? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know what you're going to have to do on the side of the road someday, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is, so I always, you know, I take my toolbox to the track and I always have my tire changing stuff in there, which the nice thing about tire irons, two tire irons and valve stem removal. That's it. That's all you need. Rim guards, I guess, if you you know don't want to scratch your rims and you can figure out how to use them. Anyway, yeah, who would who would do that? Yeah, I don't know who would scratch rims changing tires, but it's super you know super convenient. The one time that I needed to change a tire at the track, right, I just put the jigsaw down and my my wheel was bent. I found out it was actually the day after the wreck. Anyway, so I had my extra wheel and I needed to put the slick on it, and I was like, we're just gonna go to the Dunlop tent, and I just paid the forty bucks to have them swap it over. So I don't know. I will say that might be a good choice because it's hard to race with a nose that's bleeding. <laughs> yeah. No, it just gives you more airflow into the, you know, it opens up an airway, you know, something like that. I don't know. But you no, know, I I think I would like, if I was to give it an excuse, it'd be like, well, you know, I needed it done quicker, something like that. To be honest, I was just lazy and didn't want to wrestle. I, I did want it to be done quick. I was already like, two sessions behind right because i wrecked before lunch on the first day it was a two day and i didn't get back out until after lunch on the second day because i got the bike all cleaned up that first night and my brakes were soft and i was like what what is going on and so i've let them they felt nice and good i was like all right cool we're good to go i wake up in the morning and i drive it over to over to tech and as i'm pulling up they're squishy i was like that is super weird i got teched it was good to go i'm like okay and i would pump them and they'd be fine I was like, all right, cool. So I drive back, and as I'm riding back to the tent, they're squishy again. I was like, what is going on? So I bled them one more time. They got good. I went out, did a circle, pulled them squishy. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to the, you know, I don't remember his name, but there's a mechanic there. So I went over to his tent, and I was like, hey, brakes are squishy. Don't know why. 
let's figure it out. They looked at it and they're like, well, there's some brake fluid around your uh, master cylinder here. So, you know, you could have a leaky banjo bolt. I was like, okay, sure. Sounds great. So we put new banjo bolts in, bled the brakes. That that brake fluid was just from me bleeding the day before. There's a little bit of residue left over. But we did that, bled the brakes. They pumped them up. Felt great, right? Get the bike off the stand, go ride it back towards the tent. Still squishy. Come back. Guy's like, that's super weird. Tried bleeding them again. Still squishy. Finally, he asked his like upper mechanic friend and the guy's like, did you put the bike down? I was like, yeah, I put the bike down yesterday. He's like, your brake could be bent. I was like, I didn't even think about that. So he put it on the front stand and we spin it. And sure enough, the whole wheel's just like doing one of these. I was like, ooh. He's like, yes, uh, that's why, right? So every time your rotor comes back out, it's hitting your pad, piston. Spreading them back out. Yeah, spreading the piston back out and you're losing that pressure. I was like, okay. So swap wheels, sure enough, that's all it was. So that's why it wasn't. Anyway, that's why I had them do it because it was a lot easier to just drive it down. They've got the electronic machine there. They put the new tire on, take it, you know, take it off the other rim, put it on that one, call it good, put on, put on the bike, and we're good to go. So, but I think if I had the Raviconda, I probably would have just used it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe or ran it to the Dunlop guy, one <laughs> or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I it's. Uh, I think it's. I'm not talking time. bad on it. I'm I'm just teasing you. No, I'm I'm just saying. I think it's going to save time in the long run. Honestly, uh, there's a little bit of like a weird tiny learning curve to remember which side of the duck head you put the tire on because it changes if you're taking it off or putting it back on. But right. beyond that, it's not bad. Rabaconda. We'll watch for that video. Well, okay. The one thing I will say about Rabaconda, they wanted me to buy drop centers. And I was like, what the? No, I don't want a drop center. I don't know what that is. I don't need it. Right. Well, it was like an extra hundred bucks, I think. To get the drop centers in your kit. I don't know. They've got like BMW spindles and all, all these little adapters and whatnot. And I was like, nope, I just want the kit. Then I'm putting the tire back on and I learned what a drop center was. It just, it's a plastic clamp that puts the tire into the center of the rim. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I seen those. So puts it in the center of the wheel, but also, also helps hold it pinched so that it. Yeah. It, it I mean, it holds it in the center, right? Because the center's less diameter so you get more movement more stretchiness whatever and they're like yeah if you don't have that you can use a block of wood or your hands and so when i first started putting the tire back on that you know the first bead you just pop it on whatever the second bead i was having trouble when i got around then finally i was like drop center oh it's all clicking so i just pushed the tire into the center of the rim and what do you know it's stretched out enough it holds itself you don't need to buy the drop centers i promise like if you want to spend the extra money on a little plastic clamp go ahead and go for it you don't need them just be smart and don't make the same mistake I made. And then your time goes a lot quicker. So you do the same thing with tire irons, right? But you're not going to buy a. Well, you, you use your knees. Yeah. Right. But you're not going to buy a special plastic clamp to do that with tire irons. Now I got a new nickname for my knees. Drop centers. <laughs> there you go. You ever drag your drop centers on the ground at hundred miles an hour? <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's the tire changer. Well, Let's move into World Superbike because it'll be easy. All right. Uh, Ducati, Yamaha, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Ducati, Ducati. You guys have any questions? Yes. <laughs> Batista, <laughs> Batista won everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Actually, so I have it pulled up on my screen right here, and it's literally across the board. So they have like championship standings, Pirelli, Emilia, or whatever, round seven in May, 23rd of April. And it's just Bautista across the board. <laughs> He's won all but one race. Yeah, it looks like in March. Yeah, does that, so that I don't misspeak, does that have the, how far he won by? Because that first race was 
a uh, lot. No, it does not have it. It's just got where they finished. It was like 10 plus seconds. Oh, it, was, it was ridiculous. The Super Pole race, Top Rack gave him hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Super Pole is a sprint for World Superbike, right? So in World Superbike, it's different than MotoGP. I don't want them to change MotoGP, but I kind of, it's fun watching World Superbike. So so they do all their qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, they have race one. And then they have a Super Pole race, not every time, but they'll have a Super Pole race on day two, okay. and that resets the grid, your finishing position in the Super Pole race. Okay, so you, you qualify your race, and then when you do the Super Pole, wherever you finish there is where you start the next yep. race. Okay. Yep. So you have more opportunities to improve your weekend, but MotoGP, I've heard people talk about wanting to do the same thing in MotoGP. Like let's have a sprint and let's set the race by that. Right. I, I would rather they leave it alone because it works better in world Superbike Cause there's two races. Right. You have a chance to do a full race first. I think yep. we were, we were talking about that before the season started. Cause you mentioned how world Superbike does it. And then talking, you know, if you wreck out in a sprint, now you're starting at the back of the grid when maybe, you know, Jorge Martin wrecked into you or other people that we won't mention because we don't need to bring the name up so soon in the episode. So you sure you don't want to say it? Nope. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Mostly because I'm just not going to talk bad about it, you know, <laughs> otherwise it'd be fair game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the most exciting thing to happen in world Superbike, we got to, we got to do our weekly shout out to Mr. Gerloff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Race two. He was the top finishing BMW. Okay. He had two top 10 finishes. Gosh, I hate, maybe it's just because they have so many races, but trying to find the like results for Moto America and World Superbike is terrible. Yeah. Because you, you got to like click on so many different things and then download a PDF. I want to just pull it up like MotoGP perfectly, have everything on the website. But anyway. So Garrett Gerloff was looking like he was going to have an amazing weekend. He, he was in, I mean, he was knocking on the door of the top five in both free practices. Okay. I think he was sixth and seventh mm-hmm. and then went into qualifying and it all fell apart a little bit hmm. ended up i don't remember exactly where he qualified but closer to 15 you know he's somewhere between 13 and 15 so did he fall down on his time or did everyone else come up everybody else came up okay because that's like yeah. the hard part about free practice is sometimes random people do so well and you're like whoa and then yeah and then, i mean and then when when the real action happens, they're nowhere to be found, and you go, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Yeah, right. So, yeah, because I've had days or weekends where I've, like, I've swapped my fantasy team around, you know, last minute off the free practice because it's it's locked in right before qualifying. I'd be like, man, this guy did really good. Screw yourself um, over. Yeah, and then you just DNFs both, you know, the qualifying and then DNFs the race, and you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> so. so I thought – the only important things that I thought you would find interesting was, well, that's the wrong way to say this, but Batista won. Yeah. Hello. Whatever. Garrett Gerloff had a pretty good weekend. I hope he continues that. You know, let's let's keep pushing it. Right. Keep getting better. Keep improving. But your boy, Petrucci. My, when did that become that? Because you, I, I see your eyes start to twitch whenever his name gets mentioned. So <laughs> That's just because... Uh, I don't know. So, He's easy to pick on. So Petrucci, <laughs> Petrucci qualified higher than he has all year. Mm-hmm. He was looking like he was looking like this was his best chance to maybe podium or do something right. up there. Instead, he chose to run into Agatha on lap one, uh, a Yamaha rider, okay. who then bumped over and ran over Remy Gardner, that is his teammate, 
So is Remy Gardner the same that was on the KTM last year? Or yep. Ducati? Yep. No, it was KTM. Okay. The Tech 3 team. So Petrucci takes them out. It was totally him. He received a long lap penalty for it. Okay. A couple laps later, he went and did a long lap penalty, right. which pulled it off without a hitch, but he lost a lot of spots because it was still relatively early in the race. Mm-hmm. So he spent the... He spent the next five or so laps chasing the chasing the Honda boys around. Interesting. Um, okay. How seemed like he was faster, but he couldn't quite get by him. Right. Just and quick side note: How is Honda in World Superbike? Similar to BMW, everybody's waiting for him to do something, and they're always, "Wow, well, we're doing a little better. We're pushing. We're getting a little better, okay. a little better." But I did wonder. I mean, you know that new R R R R R, however many R's they're putting. I <laughs> I saw a rumor yeah. the other week that the new the new one's gonna be four R's, and it's supposed to be what? a V four. Yeah, CBR one thousand V four R R R R. Yeah, no, it was a complete joke. It's one of those troll YouTube videos where oh. it's a robot talking, and they have a picture of something that someone designed in Photoshop. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, but I wasn't picking up on the satire there. Sorry, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past. Yeah, past Honda to I don't know why they did that. They didn't. I mean, the CBR was just the CBR before, and then they're like, let's just throw some R's back there. And then someone was like, race replica, ready, really fast. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't anyway, know. I don't know what they're doing. But Petrucci does his long lap penalty, comes back out. He's chasing down the Honda boys, mm-hmm. and he's just stuck behind him. He couldn't get around them. So at some point, he decided to just go ahead and try to move one. Okay. We talking like and, uh, come on the inside and kind of just scoot him out. Yeah, kind of just ran into his back tire trying to mm-hmm. okay trying to go inside when he wasn't close enough to be going inside, and then had to go outside, and there was four inches too much. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, put him and Lakiono down. Sent sent that guy to the hospital. Oh, good. That's good. I'm glad uh, my boy is. You know. <laughs> Taking care of things over there. Go get him, Petrucci. My biggest issue with him was that he came over to Moto America and acted like he was going to be the top dog immediately and no one over here could race with him. And then when he didn't do well, really, he didn't do that well. Blamed it all on how our tracks are terrible and America is just a terrible place and blah, 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 blah. So. Well, I would add I would add one more thing to that. Okay. So I, I really rooted for him in the beginning coming over. I wanted to see Ducati do well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see a big name rider come over and help us out, like help grow Moto America, get some Italians watching, you know, whatever. A big name like that. It's right. good for the sport. Yeah. But if you recall that year, they started at Coda. They shared the day. Right. With and, MotoGP. Yep. And Jake Gagne and I can't remember if Cam Peterson was his teammate at that time. Surely he was. Anyway, they. What? I think he was. And I think that was Cam's first. Cam Peterson's first year on well, the I thought that would have been the year that Josh was there. No, I think it was the first year that Okay. The year after Josh, I guess. Yep. I believe so. But uh they they had problems that day. Their bikes wouldn't run. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them. They had they had problems on both bikes. And so he ended up taking the first two wins. And Ducati, you know, Brass was there obviously because MotoGP was there and right. a lot of handshaking, a lot of a lot of happy faces and when things were going his way everything was fine right and it just seems like when things started not going his way i mean he had a freak out because he had to pass a lapped rider at you know one of those races it wasn't just about the tracks it was every little thing yeah yep and 
I'm sorry, man, but if you race Moto America, you're going to have to deal with traffic. That's Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I get it to a point. I could see someone coming, you know, you're coming from MotoGP where the last person is finishing maybe 15 seconds behind, you know, maybe, I, I guess probably up to 20, but you don't see lapping there that often, but it's not MotoGP. You should right. know that going in. So, well, that, and then the fact, I guess, I mean, I still, I still rooted for him throughout the year. I mean, I rooted for good racing. Um, I wanted somebody pushing Gagne regardless of who that was. Right. But at the end of the year, the fact that he didn't come back, I thought was a tell in my, yeah. in my mind, because if he really thought he could come back and win, I think he would have came back. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I get what you're saying, you know, big name coming over, hopefully grab some more people and maybe some Americans that are like, well, I don't have time for Moto America be like, oh, okay, they're stepping up their game. Maybe I'll give it a shot, right? Yeah. But I just like in MotoGP, you come to America once and the complaints we get about Coda, which maybe they're, you know, yeah, maybe they're there. But I just I never fully understood because I honestly, I think there's a certain type of rider that likes Coda. And every rider has, you know, they they've have their tracks. They'd be like, yeah, this is this is my favorite. But I feel like you get a track in Europe and it just wouldn't, even if it was terrible, no one would say anything bad in MotoGP. But they talk. They'd be disrespectful. Well, and I, I wonder, is that because that's where the manufacturers are from? That's where all the sponsors are from. That's where the team owners are from. So they don't want to talk bad about like, you know, they just don't want to do it. And no one in America is actually doing anything on that side. I think a lot of it's the the just the, there's so much more history. Coda's a fairly new track yeah. in the grand scheme of things. There hadn't been any great championships won there in the motorcycle world. Uh, it's usually at the beginning of the season, right. so you don't get a lot of memories that way. I just think it's a a lack of respect, and maybe they're trying to push them to be better. But we've yeah. we've been all down that road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't need to. But speaking of great tracks, mm-hmm. Moto America. Hmm. Are we there? Is it time? It's time. I'm not going to push you. There's no more games. Moto America. I want to ride that. I've always wanted to just because of the name and, you know, the history. But then I, I was watching race one. I didn't get to watch race two. So I apologize to, to our viewers and listeners, you know, work. Um, but watching race one and watching them go around that track and then re-looking at the map, I was like, oh, man, I want to ride it. I don't think I would put anywhere near... Like even I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't put down great lap times anyway, but I know I want to put down anywhere close to great there or even close to like, okay, because it's not my type of track, but I want to ride it. I just, yeah. Anyway. No. And so there were no track complaints this weekend. Yeah. Well, they got brand new pavement, brand new pavement, except for smooth, huh? Except for the chicane. Yeah. Which I, I was kind of just laughing because I never saw any issues there. Uh, and I was like, that's a change in pavement. Who was, <laughs> not to take it back to MotoGP, but what were they complaining about at Coda this year? They're like, they got new pavement. But yeah, it but it was anymore. Moto America, so they weren't going to complain. Yeah. They were happy to have some stuff that still looked black. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't have weeds sticking out of it. Wasn't patchy, yeah. No, it was but, not, it looked good, though, honestly. So, the way I see it, mm-hmm. Moto America... First weekend was off the chain. It was the greatest thing. Yep. It was the greatest thing. And so you convinced everybody to go buy the app. Oh, yeah. Everyone did. Everyone did. Everybody went and bought the app. Yeah. Moto America saw 
plus a giant spike. Yeah. I'm sure there was a giant spike. The graph was there. Yeah, they're still they're still trying to figure out where that mountain came from. Here, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> the second race or the second weekend because they raced twice. Mm -hmm. The second weekend, it was good racing, but it was it didn't match. It didn't match the first weekend. Yep, fearful for a Yamaha takeaway season again. Yes. So I would like to point out that this third weekend race five and six. Yeah. Yep. Did not disappoint. I agree. 100%. That's did right. Did not disappoint. So I, yeah, cause I watched race one last night, uh, or I guess two nights anyway, Saturday night, right on YouTube. And yeah, last week we talked about Moto America and how it was a Yamaha takeaway. And that was about all we really said. But we did mention, I think, that it seemed like a Yamaha bias track. Obviously, last week. Yeah, last week, right? It wrote a, no. Barber. Barber, yep, Barber. Thank you. Alabama. I always say road Atlanta when I'm thinking of Alabama because they're, anyway, Atlanta, Alabama. Atlanta is in Georgia, anyway. Um, but I mentioned that Schultz was up there or Skoltz, whatever he was up there. And usually he's kind of back behind the other guys. And so that's why I had some hope that it was just Yamaha happy. And I think this weekend definitely came out to prove us correct in that thinking. Yeah. Well, side note, so I don't forget to say it. They are going to the Ridge next. Is that the next one? June, what? 25th or something. June 20th. Uh, yeah. But it, they're definitely going to the Ridge next. And so, I think we're going back to a Yamaha bias track. So you would there is a giant there is a giant straightaway at the ridge, except they kind of killed that with the chicane. Yeah. And everything else is corner. So I would I would dare bet the Yamaha's are got an advantage there. Right. Plus I don't think Cam's race there because he's he's been they've overseas. Been, yeah, they've been there only last year was the second year. Yep. So yeah. So, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting because I mean well, and I don't know. Josh Heron on the on the V two last year was just insane everywhere. But like at the ridge, he was he was gone. But Gagne at the ridge, I don't think it's just a Yamaha thing either. So I w I would point out the the guy they brought over from Europe to drive that V two this year mm -hmm. is unbeatable. Hmm. Okay, he's on Josh Heron's bike and he's unbeatable. So maybe it is. He doesn't know the tracks. Yeah. He's yeah. come over from Europe and jumped on that bike and he's just destroying them. So it could be could be the bike. I think it's I think it's a good bike for sure. But yeah. I mean not so that race one. I wouldn't say Josh has been, you know, there I think there were some words thrown out probably that let me let me just venture into complete dreamland here in my head. I guess I don't have facts to back this up, but Josh won on the V2 last year by a landslide, and I think there are thoughts out there from other people that it was because the bike, it wasn't him, he doesn't deserve the spot that he got. But it was in the contract, and he decided to take it. Uh, so far this year, I haven't been disappointed with him at all. I don't, Never disappointed with that guy. I don't think I would choose anyone other than Gagne to take the championship this year just yet because Gagne is just so good, but I won't discount the fact that it's going to be an amazing season still. And that Josh Heron, Cam Bobier, and Jay Gagne will, I think, continue to produce a good race. So, I got a beef with Gagne, but we'll get into that here in a minute. And you can't, there was no, you can't have a beef was, with him. 
you have to there have was no lettuce. vegan pun intended there <laughs> you have to have a lettuce or something else <laughs> I, I have a kiwi with him so race one mm-hmm. moto america yep the pole rider gets to start first both races yeah not to be confused with world superbike josh heron got the pole yeah set the track record yeah after it was already reset it was reset multiple times it was reset by cam and then pj i think had it and then cam came back and got it again yep multiple times and then heron just ripped one yep got it right so he's starting from pole so he's super excited going into that race of course Mm -hmm. Um, that's his first that's his first pole in a long, long time. Yeah, he's never in, been in uh, that in that class, right? Yep. Because if he, I remember right, when he was there before, that was one of his issues. Is he wasn't the best at qualifying. Well, yeah. So there's a there's that's a much longer story with him, but All right. he won a championship in 2013. He won the Medallia Superbike Championship in 2013. Mm-hmm. It has ten, never ten years never ago. been close since. Yeah. Right. And he's he's bounced from Suzuki's and Yamaha's old shabby racing BMWs back to Yamaha's. Yep. And everybody just thought he was done. Ducati took a chance on him, putting him on that V2. Wrote that in the contract, probably because they thought there was no way he was going to do what he did. And like you said, he's taking advantage of that. But, I mean, nobody will argue. He's one of the most talented riders to ever grace the United States, probably. Yeah. People people have arguments with other things with him, his yeah. off off track antics and, uh, and I love I'm him. gonna get in. I'm gonna get. There was some antics today that cracked me up, but all right. I, well, we gotta, that's what that's what I think I I love the most about Josh. Also, he's he's one of those guys I like to compare him to, which it's hard to say about Moto America because I think they're all kind of like that. But he's not the robot. He'll stick something in a corner where it shouldn't really be. Because he wants that win, you know, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if you had that. And he's like, I don't know either. Well, I didn't, you know, or I did. And we'll see. Yeah. So. Well, we'll touch on that in a minute. But that that video I sent you earlier, mm-hmm. that was the last lap of the second race. Okay. Gotcha. Do you see how super out of control he was yeah. at that point? <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to that in a second. But race one, you had uh, Cameron Bobier. Yeah. Josh Heron on pole. Cameron Bobier second, PJ Jacobson rounding out the the line. Yep. Everybody felt that I think I felt Cam had it right from the get go. Not to take anything away from Josh, but he just felt like that BMW was gonna eat him up. Yep. Ducatis are fast in a straight line, but yep. the BMW is just faster. And Yeah, which is nuts. Yes. So well, they, watching that it was later on in the race, not to not to cut ahead, but the pass on that Suzuki. I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, that reminded me of like three years ago in MotoGP when the Suzuki was just like standing still and the Ducati came to the straight. And like, I was like, oof, that's rough. Yes. They did a few of those aerial shots, huh? Yeah. Showing them BMWs just blowing them down. Yeah. It, it literally, like, I don't know what you can do there. Same with the Yamahas, though, too. Like, on whatever it was, I was just like, how are they not winning every race with that? Because it was nuts. You seen Cam got, Cam got a little crazy on that first lap? Yeah. They didn't. I was complaining a little bit in my head. I need Moto America to have better cameras somehow. Yeah, they're I, expensive, man. I know, but I was like, man, <laughs> like, is I keep saying Moto GP so much, and we're not even talking about. It. But anyway, I was like, they're sponsored by GoPro. I think I don't know if GoPro makes their cameras, but like technology's there. I know it's pricey, but we got to at least have a camera on the bikes. 
or a couple more of the tracks, so, just something. You you would think they could get a couple bikes with cameras on them for sure. Yeah, I. But anyway, but hey, we got what we got, and yeah. we love it. So I, I just that what you're talking about him getting spicy. I like I can't I couldn't ever get a good angle to see what actually is. It looked like maybe he went in hot, but at the same time, it kind of looked like he just I don't know. So. It, to me, it almost looked like, I mean, Heron was on the inside of him and mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to make a mistake early in the race and he just didn't, he didn't commit to that turn. Right. Yeah. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. It was hard to get the angle because I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was that he went in too hot and had to take a wide to just keep it up. Yeah. Can I just say that you like to make fun of me about the BMW love over here? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. I think those M BMWs are god awful. That's weird because I like them. <laughs> Even some of them pictures, man, of Cam, you know, on Heron. Mm-hmm. And you got this beautiful Ducati. It's a good looking bike. It's yep. skinny. It's agile looking. It's just yeah, little skinny bike. And behind it's these giant airplane wings with mm, eyeballs. Yep. Yep. And you you can't, Ezra Bobier, I, I get it. You got sponsors and they get, make them whatever color, but I would be embarrassed to drive the kitty cat, whatever bike around there with the <laughs> orange and white creamsicle. Yeah. Well, and so I'll, I'll back you up this weekend. I saw a few angles of it and I was like, what the, oh my gosh. Cause the it's wing, like, well, you can't even tell how far off the bike or how far off the ground the bike is because the wing just takes up so much space there. Like so I love them. The side view is great. The, the tail view is great of it. The it's just that straight on. It, yeah. I've never liked where they put the eyeball things. You yeah. know, everybody, everybody gets their BMW and puts the eyeball stickers on there or whatever. Ha ha. Funny, funny. Like one time, mm-hmm. like eyelashes on a Volkswagen. I mean, come on. <laughs> so yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Sorry, BMW riders. Uh. <laughs> oh, I just I just don't like that. You got such a sexy bike in yeah. the new M series. I know they're doing it to win. To me, when I look at that, they're not so I can't imagine somebody was like, This is perfection. This yeah, is uh, what we want no. the bike to look yeah. like. Well w- now they're they're like, you do this, you win. Yeah. So one, I've never thought of Germans that way anyway. Right. Like Ducati, I feel like they're like, okay, okay design us a bike and someone's like all right what do you think of this and they're like that is beautiful I'm like sweet how does it ride i don't know who cares <laughs> i purely went off the looks they're like all right well just put a big engine in it we'll make we'll make up for it on the straight everything else will figure itself out germans in my head have always been the opposite right like yeah they care about looks but everything has to be engineered so like i don't know you know if you're measuring things out to the to the thousandth germans are out to the hundred thousandth right they're like anyway yeah. Yep. So so Cameron goes way wide. I think he got back in about eighth place. Yeah, it was it was behind sixth for sure. Yeah, so so you just thought, well, maybe he's done now. You know, I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. And that guy, I mean, we talk about the lap records that were set. Yeah. That guy come out and started setting lap records during the race. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Did you see his time? It was like. 209.8. Next lap's like a 209.7. Next lap's a 209.5. Next lap... What well, has his just... best... His best time was a 209.396 during the race. The next person behind that, best time... That's weird, actually. It follows the places, too, for the most part. Was PJ Jacobson at a 210.151, so a, a full second behind him. Yeah. But yeah, he was putting out 209s consistent. Because that's so what, like... Just... I do wonder... 
right? So, spoiler alert, uh, the race got red flagged and, and stopped at lap eight, and they kept mentioning it. Is he going to run out of tire? And I was like, as soon as they stopped it and called it, I was like, I wonder, you know, if we had done those last four laps, I don't think he would have. I think he would have been fine, but he was definitely pushing the limit there. So Cam came back through the field, mm-hmm. passed everybody, made it back up. Uh, Heron, <laughs> you see him get pushed off by PJ? Yeah. Yeah. He and, was upset. Uh, he, he, he was upset, but all good. Uh, I think he was more upset with the fact that it sounded like his front tire was coming apart. They'd made a bad tire choice and he'd, mm. he'd cooked it. So he was already struggling and then got pushed right there and frustrations came out. Right. He was still, pretty, he was still pretty hot on the podium. <laughs> uh, good old Josh. So that was race one. You had Cam Bobier, PJ Jacobson, Josh Heron. Yep. And the great thing about Moto America, I don't want them to do it in Moto GP, but sometimes it's so nice to go, and we're going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just realized I didn't see it, but uh, Gagne DNF'd. Oh, yeah. I left that out. So, which will come to play here in a minute. So, okay. Gagne had a mechanical. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't know what. Pulled off the track. He's out. Was, uh, was not the cause the of the red flag. Not the cause. The space yeah. shuttle was the cause of the red yeah. flag. <laughs> and what a terrible advertisement for Redline Oil. Was that his sponsor or something? That bike was Redline Oil predominantly. Like, Oof. it was kind of a reddish bike said red line and huge letters on the sides yeah and they just kept showing him pulling off with fluids blowing everywhere and their name nice and big on there <laughs> <laughs> red line oil guaranteed to make your all publicity is good you know. publicity right yeah yeah absolutely so still gonna buy so yeah Castrol. so cameron bovier took the points lead he's leading the championship at the end of race one mm-hmm. yep by a pretty what four? four four or five points yeah i think it was four that's cool because that keeps the excitement going right last week we were talking about yamaha just kind of going the way yep now cameron's right back in it you know we're writing them he, they're not even leading yeah so then comes race two yeah okay let me pull up my results we had josh heron starting from pole again uh-huh Cameron Bobia right before the race, which it did, it did seem like sometimes I think they're just saying stuff to say stuff, but uh, what he said came true. I think uh, he said, PJ Jacobson, had, PJ Jacobson, Josh Heron, and, and somebody else he listed, they said they'd all taken a step in the morning warm up, okay. And he was concerned because he said he hadn't. Interesting. Okay. He, he said, we didn't get any faster, but all these other guys did. So let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Race starts, Josh Heron's leading just like the day before. Yep. Cam's right on him, uh, mm-hmm. passed him a couple times. They did a switch back and forth a couple times. And then Cam's bike is done. The bike. Also had a mechanical. Hmm. Had to pull off the track, and he was done. Oh, jeez. He ended up being the second guy out of the race. Okay. And Jake Gagne is back in the points lead again. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm going to go watch that race for sure. I do plan on watching that this week. Kind of sad I missed it before this episode, but that's the way the the, the tire wears. Keeping a motorcycle, sure. yeah. Pull up, pull up Heron's times. Yeah, I'm. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I was about to say. 
Any uh, any predictions out there in the comments? Two oh nine zero two five best time, which, if I'm not mistaken, is an all time lap record. All time lap record. Yep. What lap was that? Uh, it doesn't tell me. The last lap. Oh, that video man. I sent you uh-huh. with him chucking that thing and shaking like he's trying to crash it. Yeah. That was on the last lap with a substantial lead. That oh, dude was my still goodness. head under the bubble, pushing as hard as he could go. He wasn't letting nobody beat him. Which is good. That's, I mean, so bringing back all, keeping a Josh Heron here, right? Say what you want about him. But that's what I that's what I love about him. And that's what I think that is he gonna win the championship this year? I don't know. If I, I had to put money so. on it, I wouldn't. Honestly. I I probably wouldn't. But that's not to downplay him at all. It's more on the lines of I don't trust him to to not throw it and bend it to win it, if you will, and and make a mistake here or there. But and that's those are the type of people that I like anyway. But I don't know how Ducati could be unhappy with him. Even, you know, you could say last weekend wasn't that great, but even with that, like, I don't know how you could be unhappy with them. Well, I do. Uh, So, okay. Let's talk about announcers for a second. Okay. Not to take this back too far, but I think last week you said if Redding was your rider, you would have fired him. The Mm -hmm. guy that pulls off in World Superbike, right? Yep. The announcers this week during the race, one of the announcers, I don't know who those announcers are, but one of them says uh, Redding was kind of like falling down the, he's falling down and he's like, if he keeps falling like this, I don't know how many more laps he's going to be out there before he just pulls it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I, mean, I yeah. don't know if he meant to say it like, you know, if, that way, but if he's that bad at riding, I don't know how long he'll keep riding before he just gives up and then blames the bike. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so announcers in Moto America, Jason Pridmore and uh, their, their team. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to chuckle because when Heron wins a race, what are you going to watch for? Yeah, big old wheelie and burnout and whatnot. Yeah, giant stand-up wheelie, right? Yeah. So Even I'm if watching. he doesn't win, honestly. But yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. That little Jack Miller in him. Yeah. But he uh, super amped, right, when he won that race. Yep. Super amped. Long time coming. Proved the naysayers wrong. I'm, I'm sure it meant a ton to him. Absolutely. Um, yep. not, not that any win wouldn't, but first been a while First win of the of the season for him on on the big bike yep and i i don't have the facts on that but probably the first win on a big bike in a while yeah it is in a while so uh, you know he's driving around the track and he's doing the chest bumps and he's waving to the crowd and he's i mean he's over the moon the cameras go back to him as he's coming up one of the hills Mm -hmm. and he's he's got the double barrel birds going both hands right i don't know okay i don't know I don't know what he's doing, but the announcers, Jason Pridmore and uh, Greg, I don't mm-hmm. know which one of them was talking, but it was funny because the bike comes around. They're like, yeah, Josh Heron, this is so... And they're friends with him. He's on their show all the time, their podcast. Right. But they're, they're like, yeah, this is so great for Josh. And I just... And as soon as it came into camera, there was just this giant hesitation. <laughs> or nobody was talking anymore. Like they didn't know uh, what to say. Yeah. And they waited till it went back off camera and then... Jason or whoever, like, and then started talking again. And I was laughing. I'm like, yeah, they didn't know what to say when that was just full barrel right on the camera. You know, he was, I don't know who he was flipping off, but he was the world. The naysayers, I I would assume, but. I'm assuming, but pretty sure it was just the world. 
Yeah. Oh, good for him. No, that was that was an awesome race. Like I said, I fully intend on watching that. Absolutely. After after race one, I I was so I mean I was watching it late at night, early morning, really Sunday morning, and I was just like, man, why did that have to red flag? And for something so you know, it wasn't a big wreck. There weren't many bikes on fire. It was just the fact that that guy kind of get the bike all the way off the track, I think, or I guess the oil that spilled on the track also. So I get it, but like such a sad, because I think there could have been so much more in there. Yeah, I agree. But uh, safe first. Yep. Well, and I guess race two made up for it. So when you go back and watch it, don't, I, I know you're going to, I have to tell you which ones to watch. So you don't, so you don't skip them all because, you know, life happens and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That second bagger race. Mm-hmm. I'm not even that much of a fan of the baggers, if you will. Right. That watch that second race. So I didn't watch any of them yet. Would you count Road America as a good track for baggers? Uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. So let's let's talk about the baggers real quick. Okay. I'll ruin the the Harleys. Didn't look that great mm-hmm. going into the weekend from qualifying and everything. They weren't on the pole. They weren't the Indians looking looking like this was their weekend. Right. But you need to remember this is this is the home race for Harley. Yeah. Okay. So super important. You had a William Davidson, the current owner. Yeah. Was at the race. Mm-hmm. So I think that's his name. Anyway, it's a lot of Bill Davidson. A lot of uh, a lot of pressure on those guys to perform. Right. And it was looking like the Indians were going to spank them again. Not again. Kyle Kyle Wyman is leading the points. Okay. But uh, Indians have had some problems right this, this year, some bad luck even. Mm-hmm. It seems like their bikes are right now you got Indians are the top the faster bike and the Harleys are the better handling. That's what this year is shaping out to be. I know it's weird to say that. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking I was like, "Oh, yeah, Harley's better handling." Like better handling than a brick? Yeah. For, you know, for baggers, I guess, but well, and I I haven't actually ever sat down and watched how much really gets changed out. You, it's obvious that it's a lot, which is why I never looked into it. But I would be curious, like what the steering angle is. Oh, it's they're running a full sport bike. Yeah, with a big old fairing on the front and then a bags on the back. Yeah, it's it's well, no. So so the biggest limitations they have is they have to weigh six hundred or six hundred fifty pounds. I think it's like six twenty. Yeah, something random, but it's over six hundred. So regardless how crazy, you know, if they're just putting an S one thousand out there and putting bags on it they would have to still <laughs> put bricks in the bags. So one of the Indians does get annihilated in a pretty serious crash. Um, okay. And you get to see the guts of it. And I guarantee Indians never put that swing arm in any of their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell just looking at the forks and then the, you know, the tire sizes and whatnot, but I would, I'm not an engineer and I'm definitely not a motorcycle engineer. But I would like to compare the numbers. Like I said, like steering angle, height, I guess, height of the bottom of the bike to the ground. Just those different things. Compare them side to side and see how different that is. And then, like, I want a sport bike over here, the bagger for the racing here, and then a street glide. And I want to know. You can buy the race edition street glide now. I'm sure it's exactly the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. It is cool. It is cool. I I like the baggers, honestly. Uh, mostly because I like to, I, I think there's a part of me, you know, my team back in the day when I didn't even own a sport bike, but I was like, I'm a sport bike guy, you know, screw Harleys. Those things suck. I would have told you, no, you could never drag me on a Harley. 
and most Harley riders would back you up with that, and then they're out there dragging knee on them, and I'm like, uh uh-huh. I think it's a good way to bring the sport together, you know, which is what everyone's trying to do with it, but. Yeah, I would argue when you're at the track and you see these Dinas and Sportsters and stuff that are coming out now, mm-hmm. not the big baggers per se, but those guys have to drag knee. I mean, yeah. Just half to- those guys still have ape hangers on them. Yep. And yep. it it looks, it's pretty funny passing them. It's a weird look. The rider triangle is huge. The Just the way they got to ride them because the arms are in the air and they have to just crank so hard to get them to turn that. Yeah. It, it's well, funny because I think I've seen some where your front wheel is still like pretty big compared to the rear. rear. Yeah. And that yep. does make a difference. So. Yep, absolutely. They just look funny on them. I mean, yeah. not funny is the wrong way to put it. I think they look cool. Yeah. No, I, I like it. Well, unexpected. Hold on. I, I hold on. Let me, let me. I just said I think they look cool and I need to be more specific. I hate those Indians. They're the ugliest bikes I have ever seen. That fairing on the front of them. Not the, not the street Indians. Not to make anybody mad. I'm talking the ones on the Bagger Racing League. The, I was going to say the opposite. You think the Harleys are uglier? No. No, the opposite on the... So I don't pay much attention to the fairings on the on the racing bikes because they're racing bikes, and I know they don't look real. But... They have I've, stickers. I've been in Indian shops. If you told me today you have to go buy an Indian, I wouldn't be that mad if I went and bought an Indian Scout, right, or Chief or whatever. Any of their non-fared bikes, non-front uh, fairing. I, I wouldn't be that mad. They look pretty good. They sound fine. They're They're cool, you know? But the like their big bikes, their big boy cruisers, baggers, those things are ugly. I'm sorry. If you're an Indian rider and you're riding on one, great. I'm sure there's all these things that you love about it, and I'm glad you found something you like, but I just do not like them. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but something about that, like, it's just the front fairing, too. So you get rid of that, and I think I could figure it out and be okay with it, but that whole front fairing is just, <laughs> like, it's worse than a Goldwing. And hey, I, gold wings are sexy. <laughs> no, gold wings are just, uh, they got reverse. Yes. I was talking specifically about the, the, the bagger racing league bikes, but mm-hmm. I think the Indians are pretty disgusting looking that same thing, the front fairing. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's just this giant thing and they put stickers on it to make it look, you know, like it's got maybe fake headlights or something in the sticker and that kind of stuff to try to continue making it look like the bike they sell Mm -hmm. but harley did it differently the i mean they've got that big opening in the front to feed air in there and it it looks like a harley ferry i mean it looks it looks more like a bike to me it looks less i i get what you're saying i like i said if you were like well that's hard i'm very biased i guess but i i can't argue people when they tell me they want to buy an indian scout i don't really have anything to stand on let me put it that way. Like people were like, oh, I was thinking about getting an Indian. And I'm like, eh, okay, sure. I haven't ever heard anyone say anything bad about them. Actually, the new Indian scouts. Yeah, they're built by Polaris, whatever. I've, I've heard some new arguments on that recently. Actually, I talked to a guy. So I was like, oh, they're Polaris. And someone was like, well, Polaris bought the name, but let Indian keep building. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Indian's dead. No, you tell that guy. You tell that guy to do better research because okay. there was no Indian. When Polaris bought the name, it's not like there was seven factories sitting around waiting to build Indians. Right. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I'm pretty sure they were dead. Like, they just bought the registered name. Yeah, but marketing, man. When you got to remember that when Indian came back, Victory existed. Yeah. 
And the biggest argument you got from the hardcore Indian crowd was we don't want a rebadged victory. We don't want to just take a victory and have you call it an Indian. Right. And Polaris was like, no, 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 no. Indian will have their own dealerships completely separate from victory. It's a completely separate bike. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever said they would have separate plants. The facilities, I mean, they didn't go break ground, you know, have Jack Miller bring in the Caterpillars and go build these giant factories to start making Indians. They just started building them down the victory line, first off. And second off, they fooled all of you because they killed victory right after. Yep. Yep. Very shortly thereafter, victory was like, oh, we don't need them anymore. We don't even need a dealership for victory anymore. And they are just now Indian dealerships. Weird. Yeah. So so all those things they assured you. (laughs) Well... uh, so I figured that would be your response. Uh, I'm glad that's what it was because I was like, I don't have the knowledge here to back you up on that, but I'm pretty freaking sure that you're wrong. And yeah, it's not like Indian was like, well, I don't know. This dude made it sound like there was some random dude in a garage somewhere that was just waiting for someone to give him money to start building bikes again. And now all of a sudden he's making all these Indians. I'm like, no, you get a rebadge Polaris or victory, whichever way you want to look at it. Either way, it's Polaris in the background. And for that reason, I can't buy one. That being said, give them credit where it's due. Like I said, I've never heard anything bad about one from a, from an Indian owner. I haven't heard anything bad, but that's what scares me. <laughs> you buy a Harley, I've, you know what you're getting. You're getting I've loud shifters. Bad things. I have horror stories from well, Indian customers. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying Harley's got enough years on them that you've got all the jokes, you know. Indians too new to have all the all the old broken down jokes or whatever. Now we've we've teased about having an an episode where we talk about that. So I don't I don't necessarily want to go too deep into it right now. Mm-hmm. But I Indians fine. Indians great. But I would compare it to cut. Cut. No. No <laughs> cut. Editor, no cut. So my problem is is a Royal Enfield. Mm-hmm. It's a British bike. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it is a British bike. They went out of business. They got bought by a company in India. They are absolutely produced in India. They, they make some bikes that I think are just top-notch, cool. I, I, I really like some of the Royal Enfields. Mm-hmm. But I would have a hard time if somebody pulls up on a Royal Enfield at the Harley meet, and they're like, Royal Enfield, established whatever. You know, right. we've been here since the beginning. Yep. Like, nah, you're you're not in the same country you started. You know, you're Norton would be the same. You know, there's a hundred motorcycle brands that they keep regurgitating from different companies. Yep. But Indian has been out of business so many times. They've been bought by people that couldn't even get it off the ground. Back in the early 2000s, I believe, they had like two or three years where they were making Indians and then they went defunct again. Mm-hmm. And the name is just bounced around to a bunch of people and some company like Polaris buys them. You can't. Yeah, they buffalo people into this is an Indian. Check yep. out all our heritage. And then you have all these commercials. Yep. I don't have a problem with an Indian, but I do have a problem with an Indian guy arguing with a Harley guy about the heritage that they have behind their bikes. And that they were that's not there. I, would I mean, agree. Harley's been out of business, too, to be fair. Harley was but they've never stopped producing bikes. Harley has never been out of business to where they're just not making bikes anymore. Mm-hmm. They've changed ownership. Billy Idol had to come in and save them. The family had to get it back. I mean, there, there's all this history because they went through all those ups and downs. Right. But Indian didn't even have to suffer through those ups and downs. They just weren't there. 
Right. So they come back when the economy is good and woohoo. Yep. With a new someone behind them. Yeah. Well, and that's what cracks me up the most is I've met more than a few people that have been like, I want an Indian because, you know, they, they've got my favorite bike of all time. And, you know, I just love the, the classic Indian scout. It's such an old model. It's been around for so long. And I just, it, it cracks me up because I'm like, what are you saying? You know, I, I had some kid tell me he was going to buy an Indian scout and build it from the ground up. And I was like, okay, interesting. I want to hear more. Are you talking like actually going and finding some old, like old bike and restoring it? And then later I heard him talking about, he's like, yeah, I want like a 2019, you know, and I want to like rebuild it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Anyway. Going to put some chrome, chrome valve, some chrome yeah. skull valve stem caps on there. Something like that. I don't know. Rebuild from the ground up. Yep. I don't know, but it just cracked me up because I'm like, like, like we already said, I don't think Indian is quite what a lot of people think it is. Uh, but I, I'll say it one more time. I think they're fine bikes. We're not trying to just trash talk anyone on here. that rides an Indian, but you know, stick around for that Harley episode. It's coming. Anyway, I think that wraps up Moto America. Yeah. Go back, watch some races. Like I said, race two was also the race with the, the uh, airbag malfunction. All right. Yeah. Race two, super bike for sure. And then I'll hop on over to the baggers too. Well, what, uh, so next week, what's coming back next week? Moto GP. Moto GP. We're back in, I don't actually even know where. Oh, no. Mattello, man. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. I knew that. Which is another funny thing. That's where World Superbike was this week. So do they think those guys, just because Europeans get 40 days off a year, they can do back to back races? I don't know. If I lived around there, (laughs) I'd be disappointed. They need, well, should have spread the fun out a little bit. Isn't this, I mean, we should have had a race last week in India. Yeah, but that the one track. they canceled or whatever. Yep, track wasn't ready. I think wasn't fully It'll built never yet. Be ready. It wasn't a plan because this isn't their summer break. They still have a summer break later. So, but yep, MotoGP will be back. Everyone's had a break. We're an hour and thirty-one minutes in. Mark Marquez is engaged. Uh, Come anyway. on. <laughs> We were going to do a whole episode without nope. mentioning no, that guy. Absolutely not. One we already did, too. He's yeah, engaged. We need to we need to report when he's engaged. Well, that's why he's slow. <laughs> it's it's going to well, be I, I guarantee if he does anything wrong this weekend, someone will talk about it. Oh, that'll yeah. be why. Guarantee yeah, it. I might actually. Meanwhile, Jack Miller's wife can be pregnant and no one cares. Like, yeah, yeah congrats, Jack. Oh, yeah, because he still goes out in reds. So, anyway. Hey. Why are you always picking on that guy? I'm not. I, I'm giving him props because he doesn't care. He. Uh, mm. This is very hard to say the correct way. He's still going to go ride the bike the way that Jack Miller's going to ride the bike, regardless of what's going on at home. He got married. I didn't see that change his riding style. But well, also, the announcers wouldn't have talked about it. I guarantee it. They wouldn't have well, given him true. that excuse. They would have blamed him and not, oh, he's got his mind on other things. That so, is true. We're, what, three weeks out? 25 days. Ah, who's counting? 25, 25 days. I might have been counting. Track day circus. I'm, dude, I, I'm getting excited about the brick. Well, you should. I'm stoked. I'm kind of, I'm going to say it. I'm a little bummed that we took the license plate off. I was going to tell you, I'll just register it, but. Well, I can put it back on. I just need two and a half hours and lots of tools. <laughs> every different size of every different type of fastener tool. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think for me, my, my goal with that Ducati is to remember that it's not brand new, but neither of many of the other bikes I'm riding. 
And so you can go watch reviews on it or like read current thoughts on it. And I was like, this is terrible. But like you mentioned before, if you go watch reviews in 2012, it was great. It was a monster. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, like I said, it was a Jixer killer. Yeah, I am. I'm excited to see to see how it is. And especially because I think we are I'll talk. I'll speak for myself, I guess. I think I am unprofessional enough to enjoy a bike that is not amazing. If that makes any sense, right? I don't have the, I can't go out there and tell you the difference between one tire compound compared to the one right below don't it. Tell, don't tell people that they're going to be coming to you to find. They're, they're gonna I be coming have to all you. the knowledge that you need. <laughs> See? Yeah. See? <clears throat> I know everything. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to come out and we're going to, well, we're going to film a good review on the Ducati, I think. And I mean, you ride a 2010 Jixer or S1000, 09 Jixer. I've got an 08 Jixer. It's not like we're not riding bikes in that year range, so we we have stuff to compare it to. I think it'll be fun to compare, but I'm I'm trying to keep my mind very open going into that. Basically, I don't want to go into it thinking, "Oh, this bike is a brick," and you know all all the things that everyone says about it now. I want to go into it as if we were in 2012. We just picked it up off the showroom floor. It's the the hottest Ducati. That's yeah, it's not the Panigale, you know, not the big boy, but it's the next hottest thing. Like if if you went out and bought a V2 tomorrow, would you not be excited? Yeah, I would. So ten years from now, what's that V2 going to be in the reviews? You know, that's the way I'm trying to look at that. So I'm stoked for it. Excited to get back out. I'm well. I guess we're doing that track day on Friday after track day circus. Correct? Yeah, the following Friday. And that'll be the West. Yep. So that'll be my first time not riding. I've only ridden Utah once, but it was also the perimeter. That'll be my first time not on the perimeter, which will be also looking forward to that to seeing a little bit more into your. Uh, your home track that I've really only seen the one time. So, and only seen uh, that was, have you ridden the perimeter since then? No, I have not. Wait, you did the circus last year, right? Yeah, I did the circus. The okay, next year. So once since then. So it's kind of funny. Cause I say I've been to UMC and you talk about UMC all the time, but we've been to the same UMC once together. And the UMC that you're usually talking about is somewhere. I've really not actually ever ridden, you know, I've ridden yeah. half of it. So either the east or the west. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. That's what we got coming up. Uh, Spoiler alert, I think should be getting the Aprilia cleaned up and put back together this week is the goal. More to follow on that. Sure. We'll talk about it next week if I get to it. And yeah, MotoGP coming up and then moving towards 25 days. Track day circus. 25 days. So anyway, well, let's call it. Let's go to bed. Sounds good. Well, uh, like, comment, subscribe. Hit us up if you're not following us on whatever podcast platform you're following on. Go ahead and follow. We got episodes every Wednesday. And then Working Class, the Working Class Customs YouTube channel is filling up with plenty of other videos and plenty more to come. So follow along on the YouTube and keep listening to the podcast. We'll be here every week. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. that's nothing like what the music actually sounds like but i don't i can't remember i don't even remember what it sounds like i have no idea something it's something with the guitar sound i think